0: Isaac Shade here, co-host of the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Join Andy Patton and me every Monday as we break down all the buzzer-beating action, conference rivalry games, and need-to-know bubble matchups ahead of the NCAA tournament. Check out the Locked On College Basketball Podcast every Monday, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Will Billy Napier be the Florida Gators head coach in 2025? I'll let you know what I think here on Locked On Gators. You are Locked On Gators, your daily podcast on the Florida Gators, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. and welcome back to another episode of Lockdown Gators, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for making Lockdown Gators your first listen of the day. Every day we are available daily and free reviews in the podcast. Happy Monday. I am Brandon Olson. Find me on Twitter at WNS underscore Brandon. Find all my written work of Giants country and NFL 33 and hope you have today off. That'd be awesome for you. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business, and that's why LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash lockedoncollege. That's linkedin.com slash lockedoncollege. Terms and conditions do apply. And today is the Locked On Gator subtext insiders episode, the mailbag, um, where it's not all the questions that we got sent in. We will have a bonus show just for the subtext group coming out this week with that. But one question was, will Billy Napier be our coach after next year? Well, one version of it getting asked a few times was, will Billy Napier be our coach next season? And it's not possible to just say yes or no to that. It's just not, because I don't know the future. I don't know what's going to happen. I thought Florida would be bowl eligible last year. They almost were. They should have been. But they weren't, so I'm not going to speak in absolutes here. I will say, just to put like hard meters on it, if the Florida Gators have four wins or less, nope. If the Florida Gators have exactly five wins, depends on the quality on field, and we've talked about that quite a bit before, where if you have five wins, but there were no games for Regis, oh, they didn't show up. Oh, uh, they looked like just an absolute mess and they had stupid penalties and turnovers. Like, If, if you don't have a Utah from 2023, if you, if you don't have that horrible piece of trash that we saw on the field there, if you don't have Kentucky, if you don't have some of those same instances happen, and your just overall quality of play on field has improved, there's no more of the stupid special teams penalties. There's no more horrible game management. I think you can make the case, especially if the recruiting class is good, which I know, I know, I know. You know we had a good recruiting class last year, and then it crumbled. I get it. I do. I'm not, I'm not saying it won't. Just saying, when you're looking at building the team and, and maintaining the program, if you have five wins and, and you look like your process is actually starting to kind of come together, I think that we see him come back if you've got five wins though, and you've had a Utah and you had, a—I mean, just what other horrible performances were there? Arkansas. If you have that, I don't see him coming back. If You win six games, you make a bowl game, but then he comes back. It's as simple as that. I think that I understand we talk about this schedule being so rough. And I, I understand that as Florida, like that shouldn't be a thing for Florida. Florida should be at a spot where they go, we don't care how tough the schedule is. We expect to win so many of those MFers. And I get that. You're right. You're totally right. However, that is separate from this is what the team looks like. This is what the coaching staff looks like. This is what the schedule looks like. This is how many wins should be realistically expected. Ideally, again, we go, this is Florida. I don't care. Who's on that schedule? You win 10 games or you get the F out. Like, I I understand that. However, that's separate. Again, like, that's different from what to reasonably and realistically expect. I get it. This is Florida. Greatness isn't the goal. It's the expectation. But where the team is right now is not greatness. What the team should realistically do is not greatness because that's not where they are. So if you win six games, I think that you should be expecting him back because that's not proving anything, but that's showing that at least some of the process, at least some of the incompetent things that we've seen before are kind of going away because you don't win six games with this roster and this schedule without improving kind of dramatically as an, as an actual coach and coaching staff. Obviously, when you look at the 2024 schedule, Florida Gators have a pretty good shot at having a solid start. You look at the beginning of it and you've got Miami at or Miami in Gainesville. You've got Texas A&M in Gainesville. You've got your one non power five game, which isn't even a group of five game. It's FCS with Samford. Uh, You've got Mississippi States in that first month as well. And not in that order. Just want to say those are just the games that are in there. Then you've got, uh, Your first buy, and you've got UCF, Kentucky, Tennessee, uh, not in that order. Again, just in that second window because you've got two buys there. And that's not the toughest schedule, given at least my opinion. That's not the toughest start of the schedule. Given my opinion, I do think Miami will be pretty improved from 2023. Comes down to their quarterback play with Cam Ward, though, in the swamp. Not an easy place to win, obviously, Uh, but Miami was another team where last year, I know that Florida fans don't like to acknowledge it, but last year, Miami, they were another team where it's like, oh, they have a lot of youth on their team. And so they're going to get better, similar to how Florida looks at 2023. And they go, yeah, they stunk, but they had a lot of youth. They're going to be better with more experience. I do think Miami has some of that, not as drastic as Florida, but I do think Miami has some of that to go with their team as well when looking at 2024. I don't think Tennessee's going to be very good. I'm just not sold on what they have. Uh, Kentucky wasn't very good last year. They just out-physicaled you and kicked the crap out of you up and down the field. So I think that when you look at those first seven games, Florida's got a pretty good shot at going, what, 6-1, and 5-2? and two. A lot of those games are in Gainesville. The only games where you go on the road are Mississippi State and Tennessee. Tennessee's a, a pretty intimidating place. But Mississippi State's not. Starkville's not that crazy. You should be able to go in there and go into that Georgia game, which is after that. There's like the bye week after the Kentucky game. And then there's the Georgia game. You should be able to come out of that bye and go into the Georgia game six and one, five and two at the absolute worst. And if you're not five and two going into that bye, eesh. <laughs> like if you don't have five or six wins going into that bye, you might as well cut ties there. Because if you go into that stretch with four games, with four wins, you got Georgia, Texas, LSU, Ole Miss, and uh Florida State. Like I, I think LSU could see a drop off. I think Florida State could see a pretty significant drop off, but Georgia, Texas, Ole Miss are all returning their starting quarterback. They're all returning key players, and they've improved, especially Ole Miss, improved the transfer portal. LSU losing Jaden Daniels is huge. Florida State lost a lot of theirs, a lot of their guys because they had a bunch of seniors last year. And so I think those two can drop off, but do we want to just expect being able to win those games with what we've currently seen from Billy and Staff? I'm not gonna sit here and go, Oh, yeah, those are those are big dubs. Those are dubs for you for sure. So if you have four wins going into that final stretch. That means that you fell to three of Miami, Sanford, Texas A&M, Mississippi State, UCF, Tennessee, Kentucky. That means you lost three of those games. If you've lost three of those games, I'm not going to sit here and tell you that you're going to win two in those final five. So if you don't have five wins minimum, then yeah. uh, For me looking at a rough rough end of the season, probably once again. And I've been told, um, not directly, but that boosters don't want to pay a buyout because why would they? Um, Jimmy Sexton absolutely bent Scott Strickland over when talking about the buyout where it's if Billy Napier gets fired without cause at any, at any point in time, it's an 85% of his remaining contract value, which is absurd. Yeah, I get it. So I, I, yeah, I don't think boosters want to pay that buyout, but when you're losing, anything can happen, especially when you look at how, Really, the first two seasons have gone, they've been incredibly frustrating. I think anything can happen. But as far as just simply, will Billy Napier be our coach next season? We'll see. Like, I, I want to have faith and say that, hey, things can be turned around. He, he did a decent job recruiting his first couple of years. Things can turn around. And he's shown that his, that his process, his evaluation is usually pretty good, regardless of ranking. But again, I'm not a big fan of projecting a ton. I feel like this is projecting a lot, so we'll see. I have not completely, I'm not just like, I'm out, but hard sell, right? I think it's a pretty hard sell. Uh, we are about to talk about th- some of the other questions that were sent in. Again, we will have another section, but join subtext.com slash gators if you want to get involved in this. But next we are going to talk about Ron Roberts potentially being the defensive play caller, but first we're going to get a quick word from LinkedIn. Today's episode of Locked Gators is directed by LinkedIn Jobs. When you're hiring for your small business, you want to find quality professionals that are right for the role. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs has the tools to help find the right professionals for your team faster and for free. And I mean, hey, I know we don't like them. Miami put out the job offer on LinkedIn for their DB coach. Just saying. And they found a guy within a few days. Like, LinkedIn jobs, it works. We'll, we'll see if you think he's quality. Um, I'm yikes on it. But, hey, they, they got the candidate that they thought was right. LinkedIn isn't just another job board. LinkedIn has a vast network of more than a billion professionals, which makes it the best place to hire. Gives you access to professionals that you can't find anywhere else. Truly, anywhere else. Hiring's easy when you have that many quality candidates. And so easy, in fact, that 86% of small businesses Get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. So post your job for free at linkedin.com slash college. That's linkedin.com slash college. Post your job for free. Terms and conditions do apply. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for making Locked On Gators, your first listen of the day, every day. We are available daily and free if you listen to podcasts and on YouTube. And like I said, we've got these subtext questions where this one, again, if you want to get involved and you want to ask and you want to support the show just in general, even if you don't have any questions to ask, join subtext.com slash Locked On Gators. If the defense struggles early in the season, is it possible to see Ron Roberts take over as the defensive play caller? I can see that being a possibility. Um, Not something that I'm going to say is going to happen. But if Florida struggles early on, and you see some of the same struggles that we saw in 2023, like if you go into the, I know this isn't early in the year, but if you go into Kentucky and they just again kick the crap out of you, I could see you making a move there, especially if you look at you're going Kentucky's coming to Gainesville. If you go into that game and Kentucky just runs roughshod all over your defense again, and you don't make the adjustments needed. Then you go, all right, well, Kentucky game by week, Georgia. Auburn's defense played pretty damn well against Georgia in 2023. So if you go bad performance against Kentucky by week Georgia, that's like the perfect time to make a change. All right that that's the perfect time for Florida to make the change if you're going to make the change. If Austin Armstrong does not improve against against Kentucky, then you go, all right, well, you're not cut out for this. Ron Roberts, who played, who, uh, who coached a great, jam- great game against Georgia in 2023. You have two weeks to prepare and install what you need to install to shut down Georgia. Get at it. And so I could see that being kind of a turning point. I could see either of the bye weeks being a time where you go, all right, Austin Armstrong, like, it's not for you right now. Someone else. Now, that first bye week comes at an odd time where, you're going up against Mississippi State, where I could kind of see going, all right, if Texas A&M comes into the swamp and has a great offensive game where I don't think anybody's really expecting them to do that, then you go, okay, that's it might be cooked defensively. If Mississippi State, you go there, but if Mississippi State has a great offensive game, then we might look at them and go, All right, well, you might be cooked there defensively. We got a bye week against. A tough UCF team, or at least a a tough UCF scheme to defend and a tough Tennessee scheme to defend. I could see that being a turning point as well. Just looking at when you have that opportunity to make the change. So it's not, okay, we're playing a game Saturday, Sunday or Monday. We're changing who's our defensive play caller and we're going into the next week, which you can do. It wouldn't be that drastic of a change, I think. So I don't think like it wouldn't be going from Sean Desai to... Matt Patricia, like the Eagles did, and then it didn't work at all, by the way. It would be just like changing the defensive play caller with a system that's already in place. I will also say that I think it's a dangerous move to make, which you might have to make some dangerous moves if you're Billy Napier because if you're making a change to your defensive play caller, odds are season's not going well, so you kind of have your back up against the wall. You have to make a change. I could see it. However, it is a dangerous move because I feel like at that point you you take the defensive play calling duty away from Austin Armstrong. You already have Ron Roberts as the head coach of the defense who's basically running the defense. Austin Armstrong's the play caller. Unless Ron Roberts leaves for a full-time defensive coordinator job, I don't see how you give Austin Armstrong play calling duties back. Right? Right? that makes sense. Like you, you took it from him. You, you're like, Hey, you're not ready or, or you're not good enough. We're going to give it to Ron Roberts. And if Ron Roberts is on staff next year, I don't know how you give play calling duty back to Austin Armstrong. I understand that you can go, Oh, well, we think he's ready this year. You thought he was ready in 2023. You thought he was ready in 2024. What makes you think he'll be ready in 2025? And so stuff like that, I think it makes it really difficult and it kind of undermines him as a defensive play caller. Whereas if Ron Roberts leaves, then you go, all right, Austin, it's all you, or of course you can do the alternative of get rid of Austin or just demote Austin and have Ron Roberts be the defensive play caller, full-time defensive coordinator. But it's also different from when last season, uh, I forgot which game it was, maybe Charlotte when Florida won 22-7. I said, Yeah, 22-7. I said that uh, Florida Billy Napier should give up play-calling duties offensively to Russ Calloway, hell, Rob Sale. I don't care who it is. Just you can't be calling plays here. That's different where we go, okay. Because if Billy Napier is handing over play-calling duties, then that's the head coach of the team going, you know what? I'm doing too much. I can take this off my plate and we could be better this year. Or we could be better the rest of the year, whatever it is and hand play calling duties to russ calloway or to rob sale or whoever it would be uh eric key saws on staff somewhere like handing that over whatever it may be i'm doing too much can't call plays for the head coach to take away play calling duties from a defensive coordinator that's saying you're not ready or you're not good enough and it really undermines him because the players there's going to be players there like like Jordan Castell, Kelby Collins, TJ Cersei, all those guys that are young and going to be here next year. That's having them go, all right, that guy that was your defensive coordinator, he's not good enough. And then next year you want to come back and be like, oh, he is good enough all of a sudden. So I think that it's possible, especially with Billy Napier having his back up against the wall at that point, because again, if you need to make an, uh, an aggressive drastic change like that, it's because things haven't been going well for your team and for your program. So I understand maybe needing to make that change. It's just one that I I don't know if you could really come back from. Like I, I I've been in a place I've been on a team before where a coach had to hand over play calling duties. Basically he didn't get fired, but but he handed over play calling duties. And there was a a genuine rift between people of going like, okay, like you handed over play calling duties. Uh, We gave up, I think it was like 20 something points the next week, which was a lot for our defense. Uh, I gave up 20 something points the next week. And it was like, well, why make the change if we're just going to give up the same or more points? And it kind of caused a little rift there, which it it is a possible thing to do, especially with people who were recruited heavily by Austin Armstrong. And so I just think it's a tough place to come back from. So it's a decision that you make and you kind of go, this is definitive and it's happening and we're not going back on it next year. And so I think it's possible. It just, again, could cause a little bit uh, of a rift, but if you're Billy Napier and your back's up against the wall, got to do what you got to do to keep your job and keep the rest of the guys on staff employed too, right? Can't just sacrifice it to for one guy. Uh, so I think it's possible, absolutely. Like I, I don't think you brought in Ron Roberts and you went, "Hey, you're never going to call plays. Like you, you're never going to have the opportunity to call plays, even if we're struggling." Ron Roberts is the kind of guy you bring in and you go, "Hey, if this doesn't work." we might have to make the call to the bullpen here. and You might have to finish it out for us. Uh, so I think it's absolutely possible to happen. I just don't know if it's likely that it's going to happen in, in 2023 at least. Now we do have to talk about, I kind of touched on it, Billy Napier's play calling. That is going to be what we're wrapping up today with. But before we do that, we're going to get a quick word from FanDuel. Today's episode of Lockdown Gators is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. And let me tell you. I miss the NBA All-Star Weekend sucks. It was cool when I was younger, but now it sucks. Get buckets with your first bet on FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets, any winning $5 bet. It's $150 if your bet wins. Bet on all your favorite NBA players and teams. Again, starting this Thursday, by the way. NBA comes back this Thursday. It's a week off for All-Star Weekend. I hate it. It sucks. I've been betting soccer this weekend. No, how sad that is! Soccer, come on, nothing against soccer, but I don't. It's not fun to bet on. Visit fanduelcom lockdown and shoot your shot. And remember, that Fanduel is an official sportsbook partner of the NBA. To wrap up today's episode of Locked On Gators, we're talking about Billy Napier and his ability to call plays, and we we had obviously this was a question that was asked multiple times by people of. Should Billy Napier call plays in 2024? The answer is no. Just want to throw that one out there. Will Billy hire an OC now that Darnell Stapleton's gone? I don't think so. I highly doubt that happens just because, again, you interviewed a bunch of candidates or at least a few candidates before or spoke to a few candidates before. Any of them want to hire any of them? I don't think there's many better candidates out there now. The only, I guess, the alternative you can suggest even is Eric bien But even then, like that, no, like that shouldn't be an expectation at all. Um, So then there there was one question that I, I liked the way it was worded. And we want to talk about that a little bit more of, did Billy do enough? Did he take enough responsibilities off his plate so that he can properly run the offense or properly call the offense? Possible. Look at he brought in Ron Roberts to lead the defense because that's an important part of Ron Roberts' role is that he's the head coach of the defense. So he gets to go through all the organizational stuff, the game planning. He gets to do that, that Billy Napier used to do or used to help with. And now that's Ron Roberts' responsibility, which I'm sure Billy Napier is going to have like a, a teensy bit of impact on at least. But now it, it's more Ron Roberts' responsibility. So maybe, yeah. Like, that's absolutely a possibility with Ron Roberts taking the lead of the defense. Joe Houston, now running special teams. Jacob LaFrance is now the general manager of the Florida Gators. So that's even a little bit less that Billy Napier has to do as far as just evaluating, recruiting, scouting, like, all, all these kids. Jacob LaFrance does that more, and Jacob LaFrance has been with Billy since the Louisiana days. So Jacob LaFrance knows what Billy Napier likes. He knows what most of the staff likes. So he should kind of have it easier there. He's also going to be in charge of, at least partially in charge of the transfer portal approach. So there's definitely responsibility being taken off Billy Napier. Like It's not a new thing. Uh, tight end coach Russ Calloway. He's expected to at least contribute more to game planning and prepping for the offense. I feel like all of that points to yes, Billy Napier's job as a play caller is at least going to be easier in 2024, or Billy Napier's job as a head coach is going to be easier in 2024, which could give him more time to focus on game planning, play calling, developing there. And I also want to point out, or I want to I want to kind of go back to one of the last games of the season, I think it was, where Billy Napier was like, oh yeah, like I might, you know, I might, I might give up play Call of duty at some point. You know, it, it, it's a thing that I've considered Give me less time or less time in the office, more time to focus on my family. And then that just didn't happen. Just wanna, that just literally popped into my head now where it's like, if you don't believe that he ever even considered an offensive coordinator, just know that like he publicly said that before. Um, but it's also, it, it's certainly possible that, with having less on his plate, he will improve that. At least you'd expect that, right? However, the areas that Billy Napier struggled with most of the time were the in-game things. Like, like Billy Napier is one of the best scripted play callers around. Truly, he is. Like, like he knows how to put together a game script to start the to start the game. All right? he knows how to put together a drive to start the game. Looking at that, you go, okay, well, that, that putting off these responsibilities hasn't changed that because the the in the week stuff, you already do. like you've already got that. So not a big deal there, right? Where he struggled was as a play caller, genuinely play caller, like once once you finish the scripted stuff, going, all right, how do we move the ball consistently? How do we score points consistently? How do we get an offense going consistently? Force-feed the playmakers should be the approach, but Napier likes to do that and then take a break from doing that and do that and take a break from doing that, and time management. And so I think no matter what you take off your plate at that point, if Billy Napier doesn't develop a better feel for when to take certain shots, um, I I don't have... I'm going to say I don't necessarily... I don't hate the trick play, the double reverse, whatever it was, more as much as most people do. I understand because it went horribly. that so many people hate it, but like we've seen that exact trick play work a lot. So maybe practice it better and then try to bring it out into a game. Um, the trick play itself wasn't horrible. There was the, was it the Vanderbilt game? Where Florida got a pick, and then Khalil Jackson or it was Florida got a recovered a fumble, I think it was, and then they went for a trick play. Khalil Jackson threw a pick. Again, I don't think the trick play was terrible there. I do think that that was a point where you should just be like, all right, let's just score. like let's not get cute, let's just score stuff like that, like like figuring out when to do it. I don't hate the trick play itself. I think it was a bad time to call it. Um, and so so stuff like that. I think you got to really improve there. So again, I'm not against trick plays. There's a reason that teams do them because they work. If you do them right, it's just, you know, you got to actually do them right. Uh, If you don't learn how to manage time better, I will always go back to that Arkansas game. We had a discussion about this in the Lockdown Gators discord uh, last week about that Arkansas game, whether it's on Trey Smack or Billy Napier. The actual answer is it's on both, but I put way more of the blame on Billy Napier because why did you get what like like? Why was the field goal from 39 yards to 44 yards for Trace Mac? Because of the penalty, the illegal substitution penalty, or whatever the actual name of the penalty was, when you were trying to rush the team off and then rush the team on. When that happened, that's when uh that's when the penalty got moved back, or that's when the kick got moved back. Why did you have to do that? Is it because you burned your timeouts, two of them on the same drive in the third quarter, if I'm not mistaken? to avoid delay of game penalties. Stuff like that drives me absolutely freaking crazy. And so unless Billy Napier has developed a better feel for when to break out the trick plays, because again, trick plays in- inherently aren't a bad thing. It's just when you do them. When to break out the trick plays, when to take shot plays, uh, when to or how to manage time better. Go no huddle. Use timeouts appropriately. Stuff like that. Unless he does that, he's cooked. Like it's as simple as that. If he doesn't do that, he's good. Done. So I, I don't think that it necessarily. I, yes, taking responsibility off your plate makes your job easier. But if you haven't developed in the areas where you were really bad, it doesn't matter. And the areas where you were really bad, I don't necessarily think too much of the responsibility took off. Maybe, maybe you know, head coach of the defense, Ron Roberts stuff will help. But like, special teams was a joke in 2023. So I don't think special teams really took too much of Billy Napier's time, right? Game planning was already good. It was offensive game planning was already pretty good. It was executing and calling the plays after that scripted drive. So a lot of it is just Billy Napier needs to get better at certain spots and not just take things off his plate. And if he doesn't do that, Then to answer the first question of the day, no, Billy Napier will not be the head coach in 2025. He desperately needs to improve in those areas. Thanks for making Lockdown Gators your first listen of the day, every day. We are available daily and free reviews in the podcast. We'll be back tomorrow talk more Florida Gators football for Lockdown Gators. I'm Brandon Olson. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter at WNS underscore Brandon. Find all my written work with Giants, Country, and NFL 33, and I'll see you all tomorrow.